All right. So there's a whole series of movies from the 50s or 60s called I Was a Teenage Werewolf or I Was a Teenage Vampire and this kind of thing. So I thought this would be really cool to call it I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist. I like it. Yeah. The, shoe, the shoe fits. Yeah. And, and, yeah. It, and it, it can go beyond fundamentalism and it can go beyond our teenage years. But I think that's a good place to start because that's where it started for us, right? It did. Uh, 1989 for me. I was 17. Okay, yeah. So for me it was 1984, maybe even 83. There was a, some smatterings of it, no, but I think it was 84. So yeah, I was 13 turning 14. Wow. Yeah, so quite young. So why don't we start um, saying that what we're not, well, what we're not trying to do with this whole podcast, which is... Um, we're not trying to make this a big negative fest. No. Um, but at the same time, we're not afraid to be negative. Right? Well, I think negative in the frame of being reflective. Yeah. Um, and the the fact of where we are in our life. Uh, you pull forward a fair bit of life experience to contextualise the stuff that's happened. Mm. And uh, we're in a place of probably still, I mean, it's lifelong learning, mm. isn't it? Mm. I mean, and your context changes throughout your life. So yeah. I guess we, we want to be true to what has happened um, and what our experience was and is to this day. Yeah, sure. And um, for context, we are now in the second half of our lives, which would be fair to say. I don't know if you've thought about that, but I have. Yes. Certainly in the second half of life. And so we're looking back on these years with a lot more wisdom and maturity. We talked, didn't we, about, um, you know, before we hit record about um, do we want to say where we are at now um, in terms of, you know, religious belief and spiritual belief? And I thought, let's let's hold that back. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, to be completely honest, I'm not sure where I am. Mm. Um, I think it's, it's something that, for me, it's constantly unpacking and mm. it's constantly redefining in some sort of way and not in a, an effort to redefine but being redefined by the reality of where i am in life so. yeah yeah cool okay mm. so so people are listening to this if you're a christian or religious somehow don't be turned off to thinking this is going to be an atheist fest but if you're an atheist um don't be switched off thinking this is going to be a big uh, religious fest yeah. either that being said, the topic is basically <laughs> reflecting on our <laughs> religions um, and our religious past and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, cool. Um, I think the other thing too to point out is that you and I both have jobs. You and I both have lives. We have families. We do. So we've decided that we're going to keep this anonymous. So I'm going to refer to you as B. Yep, and I will refer to you as T. Thank you very much. That sounds good. Um, which may or may not be in any way um, reflective of our real names. Um, I also will point out that uh, I live near an airport and mm. probably what was just heard then is uh, planes going over. So, yeah. And we're not going to do any massive edits to this either. No. So, you know, if dogs bark and phones ring, fuck it. Yeah, yep. so be it. And I think I just made it clear that we are going to swear. Uh, yes, yes. Um, it is definitely part of me. It's my yep. core. Yep. Always has been. Yeah, cool. All so, right, very good, very good. So... Um, I, I was thinking, as I said to you before as well, 30-minute spots, right? 30-minute slots. So if it's all right with you, I'd like to hear from you and how you came into the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we ended up we, we ended up in what is what was then called the Assemblies of God in Australia, which is mm. now, I think, called the Australian Christian Churches. Is it? Yeah, yeah. They, they changed their name, um, which yeah. is, by the way, the precursor to Hillsong. Yes. There's another plane. Thanks very much. I wonder if I should close my door. Oh, we could. I'll do that in a minute. Um, so, yeah, it's a precursor to Hillsong. Um, so, you know, Hillsong wasn't its own 
um, standalone organisation back then, but oh, okay. it um, but it is now, and it was definitely part of the group that we came into. But anyway, why don't we start with, as I said, mm. start with you, and you tell your story about how you came into it all, and I'll try and keep my mouth shut. Oh no, that's fine. I mean, you can you can ask questions or or say, does this make uh, does it make sense? Just to reflect back to me, because um, look for me, I guess um, I grew up in a relatively spiritual family, and not to be reflective of religion or organised religion of any type, but more so a reality that there was something else out there, and this wasn't an accidental formation of life that, that we just come to it and and i mean we used to explore that as a family um by having family seances did you really we did it was um <laughs> it was a really strange thing so I, I don't think it's that strange because we used to do it too but not as a family yeah the kids okay. used to do it but certainly mum and dad weren't involved but at your house mum and dad were involved well in... mum was involved yeah. with dad sitting in the background going this is a load of bullshit <laughs> and so <laughs> generally <laughs> he was uh he wasn't overly supportive of it. Um, so, but mum, mum, family seances, family seances, with a Ouija board. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, oh, Ouija okay. board. Quite so, often. So, come on, kids, let's speak to the dead. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It'd usually be um, a box of fruity Lexia, yeah. and um, you know, mum and sisters and brothers were were on board. So, but quite often, we never had a proper Ouija board. It was the cutout paper letters yeah, yeah. and the, the yes and the no and the, with the wine glass. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we saw some freaky stuff happen during those. And, yeah. um, you know, how real it is or how, whether it was our minds making it happen, I don't know. But for me, I grew up always exploring and being open. Um, certainly had mates that were um, in churches and, you know, the local Baptist church and yeah. all that sort of thing. And I found myself around Christmas and Easter's, you know, mum saying, oh, maybe we should go to a, a service or something. And I'd always been like, not a hope in hell. And ended up a couple of times going along actually with mates um, just to go, what the hell is this all about? And it was just a bizarre experience. Yeah. Like I never, never related to it. And then the disconnection between my own spiritual search and this institution um, where you went to act out whatever you were thinking, I, I just never got it. So, so which kind of denominations or groups did you visit as a kid and what age were you around this? Oh, Catholic and Baptist. So I had a mate who he had to go to Mass every weekend just to keep his mum happy. Um, so went along with him um, and I found that incredibly bizarre you know you sat down you stood up there was everything was seemed very scripted everyone knew what to say at particular times except me like and I sat there thinking god I just don't feel like part of this because I wasn't I wasn't part of the script that was there Um, so so words like liturgy would not have been in your vocabulary even though you're experiencing it right yeah I had absolutely no idea um and the baptist you know the baptist uh, the experience was a little bit different i, I went along to a, a youth group um there with a, another friend from school and it was good it was fun and everyone hung out but then when it got to the religious part of it i i just disconnected didn't yeah. get it um so for me i sort of went through my teenage years with that loose spirituality the searching the connecting and and at the time i I definitely didn't think that's what i was doing it was just happening Mm -hmm. um you know fast forward at that time i had one of my brothers um he he was a surfer um you know very much into the surf scene (laughs) 
Um, and he, that's, uh, it's the dogs you yeah. might have, you might have noticed. Yeah, let's ignore them, keep going. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he was a mad bong smoker. Bongs for brekkie, bongs for lunch, whatever. You know, for him, he was just, he was on a bit of a bizarre path in life and he became a Christian. Like, and he started calling my mum and dad and being evangelistic towards them and really trying to get so them what, in. So what year would this have been? The, oh, would have been about 1980. 85, 86, somewhere around there, I reckon. Okay, and he was living in the same city and state as you? No, no, he was in a, another state. Okay. So he'd be ringing mum and dad and preaching to the point where my dad refused to talk to him on the phone anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, standing by his strong mantra of this is bullshit, uh, if anything spiritual. So that, um, that went on for a while. And then when I was oh, probably 15, 16... Um, Another one of my brothers got connected into the same group. Uh, I can't even remember what Christian group it was, but it was a, a Pentecostal sort of fundamentalist group. And he then also started, um, he moved up to the same city and they were both trying to constantly preach and reach out and um, you know, they got everyone offside. No one wanted to talk to them. When I was about 17... I decided to go and visit them, and but I said that I would only stay with them on the proviso of a few things, and that was they weren't allowed to have any Bibles in the house. <laughs> I didn't, I just didn't want it. They weren't allowed to preach to me, not once. Um, if they did, I would leave straight away uh, because they were very, very gung ho about it. And anyway, to their credit, both of them agreed mm. that that would be the case. Um, whether there's Bibles in the house, I'm sure there was, um, but none was certainly left out on particular pages for me to stumble across. Hid, hidden behind porno mag. <laughs> Imagine. And then I, I would have been fine. Sure. Um, Everything is in reverse when, <laughs> when you're a fundamentalist Christian. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so for me, they did that and they decided um, that they could stick by the no preaching rule. And there was something uh, about, you know, they had a good bunch of friends who were incredibly supportive. I'd seen a huge change in particularly my bong-loving brother. And uh, for him, like, I saw a happiness and an acceptance which I'd never seen before. And regardless of them saying that they weren't going to preach to me, they didn't have to because I actually... It was something I saw, and I think it was something within me that went, what is this? So I started asking questions, and I started saying, what is it? What are, what are we doing? Um, so you're saying that whether it was true or real or not, the yeah. change that you'd seen was legitimate? 100%. And, yeah. you know, it was undeniable that <clears throat> there was something going on, and there was something, and whether it was, you know, their connection to community, their acceptance from others, something something had worked yeah. for them. It or, was... e- or even just faith. And I, I don't mean faith as in the object of faith, meaning it was God, but just the fact that they had faith and reasons to to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, they anchored something in some belief. Um, I wasn't sure what it was. I had absolutely no idea. Uh, and I was probably going through a fair bit of... I was 17, didn't really know myself that well, Um it's a bit of a confusing time in life and for me I just thought 
Stafford, I was it was my last Sunday. I was going to be there. I'm I'm going to go along to this this church that they were going to and, and see what it's all about. And I went there, and again, it was this sense of acceptance, of community, of um, I don't know. It was just a it was a different feeling. I'd never felt it before. It was definitely a feeling. It was definitely a feeling. It was um, strange. Anyway, they had this um, throughout the session. I had this real draw to find out what this was about and they had at the end of it they had this thing where it was just like hey anyone want to know a bit more about this come up the front um we'll have some people talk to you and I did that I went up the front and I had people chat to me about what I was about I didn't get it I didn't get what they were saying I didn't get what it would actually mean and I certainly fast forward a couple of years of my life I wouldn't have known you know where it was going to take me and and definitely influence my thinking and my doing but at that time I made the decision to to find out a bit more about it and so, okay so you you made this decision what do you think was like was it an emotional decision was it a, an academic decision was it a cognitive decision you know or, or a group of those what do you reckon I, f- I didn't feel like I was in control of it in some way like I felt drawn to it and there was no logic in it um, because every part of it was hearing my dad's voice in the background going, this is bullshit. Um, <laughs> and, and, and for me, you know, it was a complete uh, turnaround with, you know, that Catholic and that Baptist experience that I had had a look at. Um, you know, they, were, they didn't make sense to me. They didn't connect, but this did. There's yeah. something about it that connected and it didn't make sense. It still didn't make sense, but there was something in me that went, you've got to find out a bit more about this. You've got to see um, where it leads. Why Why have your brothers connected with it mm. when you wouldn't think they would either? Yep. So, you know, I think it's it was something to, to, to explore more, and that's it. That's where it led me to exploring more. Okay. How, how about you two? Well, hold on, before we get into me, so you can't remember who this group was aligned with? Uh, I think they, I think they were like called Christian City Churches or something like that, and there was a. I think they were they were from Sydney. This wasn't the city it was in, um, but it was in Sydney. It was a guy who'd led it, Phil Pringle or something. I think it was connected to this guy, yeah, Phil yeah. Pringle. That's all I remember. After um, I returned back to where I lived from that that holiday. I didn't actually have anything to do with that denomination or that movement again. But your brothers did. My brothers did. They stayed there. Um, Yeah, they were aligned with that. And um, one of them uh, continued to be aligned with that for many, many, many years, 20-plus years, Um, maybe even 30 years, uh, because it's not not that long ago. but yeah, no, for, for me, uh, I came back and I still kept exploring on and off um, for the next couple of years, but it was with different movements and denominations and I'd actually just hear word of mouth because it was pre-internet, mm. so you couldn't just search, where can I go? Um, so you'd hear it. I actually got a letter from that place where I was on holidays, that church saying hey, you've gone back to your, your city where you live, here's a few places that you might want to try. Um, one of them was connected with them. I went to it, 
didn't didn't connect in the way that I did and then found out through some other people there some other um, other church groups mm. to to explore so and that's where I went okay cool and so I guess I guess moving forward and everything you eventually did find a place that you made sort of semi-regular what age were you when that sort of happened I reckon I was 19 so I so about two years you sort of sussed it out came and went yeah yeah it'd be two years I mean I uh, probably over that next year I connected with one place a bit more um, and again it was that fundamentalist um, fundamentalist group they were from memory they were fairly independent they weren't connected with anyone else um, and, and again it was a you know good bunch of people and they were fairly gracious in the fact that I was I was pretty rough around the edges I was fairly uncommitted to the space I was I was still acting like any teenager would and I was out and about and um, I didn't really connect in with their larger groups of things like you they had home groups where you would all catch up at someone's home to talk about your um, Christianity or your journey or whatever. Bible studies. And Bible things. studies. I, I didn't connect in with any of those. They had youth group, which I did connect in. I, I connected in with reasonably strongly. Um, but again, it was the social aspect of it. Yeah. I felt fairly safe in that environment. Um, and they didn't... They were fairly committed to not preaching to me. So it was. it was... I almost felt like I had to get through the Sunday service there just to get that bit over and done with so you could have the social stuff. So so by this stage, would you have, you know, and thinking back to the language that they use, right? Yeah. Would you have committed your life to Christ, played, prayed the sinner's prayer, yeah. you know, been baptised, all this kind of stuff? Like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's probably one thing I actually forgot was when... Um, when I was on holidays and that, you know, went up the front, that was one thing they they did was they said to you, you know, will you give your life to Jesus? And I had no idea what that meant, but I went, yeah, look, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> I'll, give my, uh, I'll give him my crack. Yeah, I'll Not give, the whole life. No, no, just the crack. Just just to start, you know. So, and that's Just the it, tip. Just the tip. That's right. You know, and the, and the low jeans. So, it, and I did. I gave it a crack. And then really... Quite moved quite fast. They said, um, you know, that, that was on that weekend. I was going home the end of the next weekend, and they said, oh, next weekend we're doing baptisms in the river oh, down the road. Hurrah. Yeah, and yeah. I went, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and they said, oh, you've got to do it. It's part of the package. Yes. I went, it's like a shower. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it was it was part of the package. And um, so the next week, he, here I am down at this local river and there was a bunch of people, there was probably 15 at least, having this baptism. I, I had no idea what this baptism was. I expected someone to flick a bit of water on my forehead and yeah. Bob's your uncle. But <coughs> Bob's your godfather. Bob's your godfather. Um, but, you know, I, I got dunked completely under the water. And Did they dress you in white robes or were you allowed to just wear shorts and no, a T-shirt? No, just shorts. It was, it was board shorts and T-shirt, okay. probably a tank top. 
back then, 17. Yeah. And, um, and it was the 80s. It was the 80s, yeah. Yeah, and it would have been like a tank top that said something like Jimmy Barnes or <laughs> or something like that, I would imagine. Or Phuket. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend of mine in high school that had his Phuket shirt and we all lo- loved it because it really said fuck it. Yeah. Like, and this is back <laughs> before the days before you'd been there four, four or five times yourself, yeah. Yeah, no, so they did. They did that baptism thing. I, I had no idea what it meant. I had no idea why you would even do it. It wasn't really even explained to me. Um, you know, perhaps it was, I don't know, but I don't remember certainly anything from it. There was nothing that stuck. I didn't feel any different when I did it, but I did it because it was part of the package. So, yeah, I'd done all that. I'd done. I ticked the boxes that they essentially said I needed to tick to be part of uh, what they were. Um, but I didn't really know what they were. So there was no initiation course or, you know, like nowadays, you know, you've got all these sort of courses and stuff that people do to come into Christian churches. And a big one, I think, is at least I see the signs when I drive around. It's still big, which is Alpha. Oh, yeah. And they do all these sort of training courses and get you understanding. None of that happened? No, no. I've seen those posters too. Bear Grylls is always the one advertising Alpha. Oh, really? Is, yeah. he, is he religious? Is he, yeah. is he a Christian? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, according to... They um, use his quotes about the Alpha course and, yeah. Yeah, because let's face it, Christians love celebrities. They do. They do. And, you know, especially one that drinks his own pee. Yeah, right. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, locusts and honey, drink your own pee, fair enough. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, that's that's good. That's that's an interesting sort of journey. Where, Where do you think then you got to the point where you sort of committed okay, I'm regular now, this is what I am, and you started wearing that label and maybe even started telling your friends? How did that sort of happen? Well, you know, this is the weird thing. Like, I was never, ever comfortable in telling my friends about what what I was part of. Mm. It, was, it was something I actually always tried to keep hidden. And I saw all these people that I was with within these groups being really proud of and wearing the badge Mm. of i am a christian i am a follower of jesus you know i never i was never comfortable actually felt incredibly awkward about it um and i think it was there was just so much baggage with it and i didn't want that baggage i didn't want that brand of or that branding of that's what you are and this is the mould that you fit because it wasn't me. I was still exploring. I was still trying to make sense of it and I wasn't as proud of flying that flag. So for me, um, that never happened. However, where I fully threw myself into the, the whole experience, I was probably 19, I'd say, and that was when I came across... The Assemblies of God, um, and it was a, a large church. Let's it, call it Great Big AOG. Great Big AOG. That can be the name that we use for this church. Sounds so cool. we don't get sued. Yes. As we start to share stories that maybe identify people that they don't want to be told, <laughs> let's just call it Great Big AOG. Look at it, it was huge, um, but it was also incredibly welcoming. Um, it was a well-oiled machine. There is no doubt about that. I felt... Um, at home there, I felt accepted there, 
probably for the first few months, we were the new and shiny because I actually started going there with another mate. Mm-hmm. Um, and Had he come from your previous churches? No, no, he hadn't. He, um, he actually, we've been mates since we were about 10 years old and he had recently gone through this, a similar thing, completely separate to me and completely without my knowledge of giving his life over to Jesus, you know? And he rang me one day and he goes, oh, I've just done this. I said, what the hell? Um, But he was a lot more into it than I was. Um, I still love the social aspect of it. So we thought we'd check this place out. Um, And we checked it out together and we were definitely the new and shinies. We were accepted. People were enjoying us being there. And uh, I think people saw us as um, coming from the outside. And fresh blood, fresh blood, and an opportunity for them to be able to. Uh, for them, if I look back, and it was probably they were trying to connect with something that they weren't part of as well, because it was a very insular institution. Mm. Um, you know, I can, I can look back at it through my eyes now, and definitely there was a lot of cultish type behaviour. Um, you were captured within a net, and if you went outside of that um, defined area. Um, you were seen to be, you know, often labelled as worldly, so which pointed the finger at you to be uh, someone who wasn't part of them. So, if, you know, for me, it was someone who wanted to connect with something and someone so deeply to be named something you weren't part of, it made you steer away from that and come back into the fold. It's funny, you know, because when you talk about coming along for the first time, I remember the first few times that I went along to that group I um, was also, I guess, fresh, fresh meat, fresh blood. And it was actually a lot of the girls that came up and yeah. started talking to me at first because I think a lot of them were like looking for husbands and this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, I, I think that was something that most certainly happened in, in that space. Um, yeah, so, so I, you know, I sense that as well, that, you know, and, and that, like you said, they were very insular, so they were always looking for, you know, um, what's it, what's it, it's almost like jail, you know, what, what, yeah. what, what's it like on the outside, you know, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Funny enough, though, those kids, because we were kids then, they were also going to school and stuff. Yeah. But I guess they were looking for sort of like a, a bridge between, you know, the, their religious life, which they were possibly and often truly very committed to, but also wanting to be in inverted commas normal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think they thought they were normal. Yeah. Like, because uh, their situation was so normalised, they thought that they were relating, but I feel awkward th- thinking back about just just that. Like, they thought what they were involved in was normal and it was all part of what everyone should be doing. But the reality is what was so removed from reality and yeah. it was not reflective of the greater world that we lived in. And I think or they... society. As society, yeah. So, and, and they wore that as a badge because they saw that point of difference in, well, that's what stands us apart. Yeah. And that's what yeah. makes us authentic because we are part of a, a greater movement, a greater movement which is more authentic because it has Jesus at the centre of it. Um, oh, it's God's God's people, isn't it? God's people, that's, that's God's correct. chosen, yeah. All right, well, um, that's really good. So I, I think, you know, that's a, a good wrap to our first session. Yeah. Um, while the dogs try and come back in.
Welcome, dogs. Yeah. So um, I will. Yeah. How, how about we stop there, and then we'll look at um, you know next time we get together, maybe I'll tell my story, and, and we'll talk good. about how I sort of connected with it all. And yeah, we'll leave it there for today. So um, hope you enjoyed the first session of I was a teenage fundamentalist. fundamentalist. Yeah. yeah. Very good. That's good.